Hello and welcome to the Techpedition Podcast for June 29th, 2017. My name is Kerry Brown and I have my brother Clarence here with me across the interwebs. How's it going, bro? Going good, man. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just looking forward to the weekend. Going to try to relax, maybe do a little grilling. Um, I had a drone. My wife got me a drone. What? A little cheaper one. Does it have like a camera five, on it? Father's Day, it had a camera, and I, I like lost it already. <laughs> How did you lose the camera? What? Well, see, it's like some of the drones, like they have like the GPS, so they can kind of stay in one place. But this one was a lighter one, and um, oh, I, I, I got it up to like I got it up to like two or three hundred feet, and it just the wind just took it. <laughs> oh wait, hold up! Did you lose the camera of the drone? I lost the drone. The drone had a camera on it. It wasn't just like a special. Like it wasn't a separate camera. The camera was like attached to the drone. So you lost yeah. the drone. I lost the drone oh and my everything. God. It just blew away, I'm dude. Sorry, man. It, it blew away to like this field that had like um like waist high grass, and I walked through there for like thirty minutes trying to find it. I couldn't find it. Oh, this huge, huge, huge field by our apartment complex. That but, um, sucks, dude. I have not given up on drones though. Like I'm gonna try to get me a nicer one for Christmas. And um they have the kind that can like they they're a little heavier and they can kinda they don't get blown away by the wind and they can um they have GPS on them so they can stay in one place or like when the battery gets low it'll like automatically return to you. So Yeah. Now that would be cool. So yeah, I'm on I'm gonna jump in the game a little later with some of this mining money. Maybe by Christmas I'll have enough to get me a really nice drone. Yeah, I would like to do drones too, but I guess I've been on this camera craze lately, so I bought me a used um a used Rebel I five T I five T five I uh camera okay. to do some YouTube yeah. and, and take some pictures and just trying to learn this stuff. It's a whole different ball game, man, with lenses and all that crap. I had no idea. Yeah, you took some nice pictures. I saw some of the pictures from the Mississippi Comic Con that you took, and they that looked really cool. Yeah, they could look so much better, but I just didn't know what I was doing. There's <laughs> so many settings on this thing. Oh, my God. People think computers are confusing. Hold a camera, yeah. and then come back and, and talk to me. And it's man, like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, nah, there's just so many settings, dude, from aperture yeah. to shutter speed, and it's it's just ridiculous. Yeah, you have to get that manual focus just right, too. Oh, you can take yeah. some like take some really nice pictures because the camera we have when you turn the manual focus it like zooms in real close so you can make sure it's sharp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, man. Yeah. And then speaking of, you say uh, those pictures that I took at the Mississippi Comic Con is where I was this past weekend with the rest of the Grits crew. Uh, of course, Dice Junkies and Rally Breach and uh, my cohort in crime over discussing who Kyle Jones. So we kind of. Had to run to the place and got some good interviews and did our first panel, which was a bunch of fun and scary at oh, the yeah? same time. <laughs> yeah, man, we did a discussing who panel. Uh, we had Miss Angie. So how did that work? Did you like take questions or did you kind of have like a program and like a PowerPoint or how did that work? Well, we could have had a PowerPoint or a uh, slideshow or something, but we, uh, I don't, we were just going to have a picture slideshow. That's, that was the plan, but we forgot the HDMI cable adapter <laughs> for the Mac. So we wound up just talking about like the state of Doctor Who so far and kind of 
you know, we, we, we tried to get the crowd involved as much as possible. So we definitely were asking them questions and they were, they were, uh, responding. So it was kind of crazy. <laughs> we first, That's awesome. we first got in there, man. I mean, it was nobody in there. We had the first panel of the day. Oh and, man. And then like it was, um, I guess it was me, Kyle, Sergio and a dude named Q from, uh, Dice, Dice Junkies. I don't know if you know him, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was nobody in there. And then somebody came in like, what? y'all gonna let all these people standing at the door in? I was like, yes. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and like a minute before it was supposed to start, like a whole bunch of people came in there. I was like, yes, win. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. It was great, wow. dude. It was great. Cool, man. Living the dream. I'm so jealous. So we got to get you in on it, man. Cause, uh, like Dice Junkies and Rally Breach did a, gaming panel uh, about uh, console versus PC, which I would love to participate in, but they already had a staff of four in there, so I kind of just let them go with it. And and yeah, man, it was just, just a good, fun weekend, I have to say. Good deal. Good deal. So, shall we get started? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So, um, I guess we'll start off by uh, talking about the mega deal that happened over the I don't know if it, yeah, I guess it did happen last week. Uh, Amazon, who you should know if you've ever used a computer or <laughs> bought anything, uh, they purchased a brick and mortar store chain called Whole Foods. Foods. So yeah, that happened. And, um, a lot of people were just kind of wondering what <laughs> I know I was just shocked because, you know, I don't know. I didn't really know what to think about it. What were you, what were your thoughts? Well, Amazon has been running this, uh, Amazon Fresh thing. I guess if you're in Seattle or in any of the larger, uh, metropolitan areas that they've been doing food delivery. So they've kind of been on this game a little bit. Uh, of course not here in Mississippi, but maybe even in Kansas City where you're at, they, they might have it. But, uh, Amazon Fresh is their initiative to where they, uh, deliver some grocery, uh, food stuff to straight to the house Uh, i think a lot of stuff is even same day but but yeah um that being said they're they're kind of ripe to pick up whole foods i know a lot of people are are indignant about it (laughs) uh because you know um whole foods kind of started as like this hippie thing that kind of turned into (laughs) kind of turned into this uh what do you call the um what do you call the food where it's um Ultra organic. Yeah. Yeah. Organic. Organic, Yeah. Yeah. It kind of turned into this organic craze, which everybody is kind of on now. So is, I think it's a good buy for them. Um, now how they're going to work it into their business. They'll probably piggyback off this Amazon fresh stuff to, to make it a little more, uh, uh, bolsterous than it is now by having stores. I think I read with those 420, uh, 420 whole food stores throughout the u.s yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and 14 billion man it's it's i think it's a good buy for them but but hey it's amazon they can they can do anything as far as i'm concerned yeah i mean i guess the thing kind of what you're alluding to is that a- amazon's sort of been fetishizing fetishizing is that a word uh, <laughs> over it makes this over, to me <laughs> over a brick and mortar presence so yeah like my, I guess my take of this is that you know Walmart should be getting very, very afraid oh, right yeah. now because oh, yeah. I mean this has the potential to like, like completely like 
up in Walmart as like the number one brick and mortar retailer, given there's only what 400 or so, uh, Whole Foods food stores. But I mean, okay. So today they buy Whole Foods tomorrow. They may buy what Aldi. And I mean, they're they're only a couple acquisitions away from being like the, the biggest retailer. I think they're already the biggest retailer in the world, maybe. Or if they aren't, they're like just behind Walmart. So yeah, this is really, really scary. (laughs) They're trying to take over the world. Yeah. They're becoming the all powerful retailer and, uh, Congrats to them, I guess. <laughs> Cause, you know, I mean, it's good to have yeah, a choice besides con- Walmart. <laughs> congrats to the CEO of Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's cool. a, there's a NPR show called How I Built This. And I think maybe the 10th episode was a Whole Foods episode. So for anybody who wants to hear about how uh, a lot of these companies, they did Whole Foods, they did, um, They've done a number of really, really good companies. You should definitely check out that podcast where they talk to these entrepreneurs that from and they go from the beginning to how they got to where they are now. And it's a really good show. So check it mm-hmm. out. Cool. So um, I guess we'll move on to some more tech petitiony type things. Um, <laughs> so as you know or may know, the Xbox One X comes out this fall. And, oh, yeah. um, we will be getting lots of 4K goodness. And I mean, one of the things I thought about was how they were going to do the 4K stuff, because obviously they're not going to bundle the stuff on the disc. Um, yeah. because if, I mean, if you think about it, even with Xbox One games, which is one of the reasons I stopped buying physical discs is because you buy the game and it's like, great, I bought a game. You put it in. And I mean, it, it doesn't even play off of the disc. It just downloads the game anyway, the whole game to your console. So yeah, it's like, it's my, 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 one of my questions was like, how are they going to handle this with the one X? And I mean, just, just to kind of give you some perspective, I have a 500 gigabyte Xbox one and the 4k update for Forza Motorsport seven is a hundred gigs. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, you know, how are they going to do this? And, you know, they kind of came out um recently and stated that uh the 4K assets would, I mean, and this just seems like it makes perfect sense, but, you know, it's good to hear a official word on it that it will detect, you know, whether or not you're on the Xbox One X or not. And you will, they will only be distributing these massive 4K updates to the Xbox One. So, okay. you know, some people might be worried that, you know, they're just going to, have one huge game, you know, one huge, uh, game file for like the game and it has everything in it, but nope, they're going to kind of be a little smart about it, which I'm happy to hear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've definitely, we're definitely well in the era of, um, you know, let's make, get the game close enough to go so we can press the disc and we'll fix it later. If there's any, anything wrong with the game, and, you know, we've, we've definitely been in that kind of phase for the last few years. And it makes sense now that with the 4K things, you, you put in a disc and you get the additional assets for your uh, 4K machine. Now, that being said, it does kind of suck if you go out there and buy a game and come home and 
maybe it's in some type of state where you can still play it well enough without the 4k assets. Maybe it tells you, you know, you'll get the 4k goodness in the next 30 minutes, sort of like they do with games now when they're installing. So I guess it does make sense, but it still feels a little weird since it's not, not necessarily going to be an all digital world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And another thing just to kind of contrast this. So if you have a PlayStation four right now, um, and you download a digital game, basically you're downloading all the assets. So you're downloading the 1080p assets and the 4k PS4 pro assets. There's no like flag uh, or no smart adaptive updates for PlayStation right now. So I can imagine how that would be annoying. <laughs> well, that sucks. Even if you don't have 4k, it downloads everything. Yeah. So, for example, on what is it, Horizon? So if you download that game, you're downloading the four, you're downloading all the 4K assets in addition to the 1080p assets. So yeah, that can be, that's kind of sucks. Yeah, that's not, that's not a good system. It's good for them to come out and, you know, go ahead and kind of draw that. I mean, it, it's kind of neither here nor there, but at the same time, it's just kind of a reassuring thing. You know, if you, if you're not planning to move to Xbox One X and you were just maybe wondering. So yeah. there yeah. you go. <laughs> so I guess on the opposite side of the spectrum, <laughs> uh, from up and coming, uh, new, uh, beautiful 4K things, we're kind of, uh, take us back with this retro, very retro, uh, Nintendo just announced the SNES classic, which nobody saw coming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. man. So what do you think about it? Well, I mean, well, I mean, to be completely honest, I think it's kind of, it's a cool thing. Um, one thing that just kind of baffles me is that they, why did they discontinue the NES classic? Well, I mean, I, I, I kind of know why logically because, you know, they want to have another big ticket item for this holiday season. Yeah. You know, outside of their, outside of the consoles, whatever. But at the same time, I feel like both of them would have sold side by side. Like the only logical reason that I can think of that they discontinue the NES classic is because they're probably using the same hardware or the same (laughs) guts for the SNES classic. That would be so hilarious. (laughs) You know, perhaps they can only get a certain amount of the arm, arm chipsets or whatever. And they wanted to have them all dedicated to the SNES Classic. Yeah. Because, I mean, the NES Classic, I don't know what the SNES Classic is running on. I'm just speculating here. But I do know that the NES Classic, and we kind of talked about this, it's powerful enough to run 3DS games. So, you yeah. know, they're definitely covered there. But, you know, who knows? They might have just put in a big order a couple of years ago, and they just have a whole bunch of them sitting there. And they're like, you know, well, we should use them all for the newest thing. Well, I, I won't be as optimistic as you. I'll take the cynical route. And I think Nintendo just likes to drum up demand for their products. Uh, but, but what you said does make a lot of sense. Uh, if these guts are indeed the same and you know, like as soon as they do come out, people are going to tear it apart and we'll see if, if yeah. in fact they are. And I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe some cross pollination between the guts from this and the NES classic. So maybe yeah. you can run the same games on both. <laughs> that would be cool. But, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely playing to their fan base and, you know, 
I've never had an SNES. Of course, I've played some of the games on emulation, in emulation, but I think it's a good thing. And I think one of the other features about this one, aren't the controllers like wireless this time? Um, I don't know Did I read if they are somewhere? I don't know if they are or not. Okay. Well, we'll research that. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a cool thing. And, um, Nintendo does. Nintendo does. Uh, uh, Sega does what Nintendo don't. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I guess to kind of, you know, push this a little further along, um, some things that are cool about this is that, um, Star Fox 2 was a game that was developed, um, for the SNES. And I believe, I'm, I don't have Wikipedia in front of me, but if I'm not mistaken, mistaken, what happened was they wanted to push Star Fox to the N64 because they were developing that. Ah. And a lot of the, a lot of the assets from Star Fox 2, a lot of the gameplay elements made it into the N64 version. So that's what I'm going to go with. But the other thing was Star Fox 2 was finished. Like it was, really? it was, com- it was completely finished. They just didn't decide not to release it. Wow. And I mean, there's actually Star Fox 2 ROMs floating around. Um, now, the thing about the Star Fox 2 ROM, I don't know if it was indeed the final version or if somebody just was able to get like a a, a, a dev version at some stage yeah. of the d- development. It's been so long since I've tried to play that, so I, I don't really know offhand. But uh they did. They are indeed releasing the never-before-released Star Fox 2 That's um, with this, which is an added wrinkle. And, I mean, it's even more incentive to buy this. Um Speaking of being cynical about Nintendo, though, I'm kind of going to go on a tangent here. Like, I do not believe I used to think that Nintendo artificially created these shortages, but I just think they have horrible supply chain and horrible like their their distribution management or whatever you want to call it. I just think it's terrible. You know, they never know, you know, how many consoles to make. And I just feel like they err on the side of caution. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) yeah. But I feel like, you know, I say this a million times, but it's like, I feel like they leave so much money on the table and like no amount of PR is worth money lost from not supplying enough consoles. Like I just, there's no part of me that believes that PR is better than actually selling something. So, yeah. And like you said, we, we talked about it before. Uh, they've been burned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, um, yeah, let's, let's just make what we know is going to sell and not have, uh, stuff rotting away on shelves. So, yeah, it's not necessarily wrong. I guess I just, I guess I'm just saying that it's not really ideal for a for profit business. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Cool. And to stay on the, um, classic games kick. Uh, so Sega. You're coming out with this Sega Forever program where um all classic Sega games are coming to iOS and Android for free. Oh. Um so if you go to forever.sega.com, I believe so far they've only released about four or five games. I downloaded the Sonic the Hedgehog for it. Uh the Sega Forever. Like if you just go to Google Play and just search for Sega Forever, all the games will pop up. But the plan here I believe is to have um, Genesis, Saturn, Dreamcast, uh, Master System, like everything. Whoa. So, Dreamcast um, as well. Yeah, 
So, uh, actually, virtual tennis is available now, or it's come. Uh, no, no, I think it's available. Oh no, it's coming soon. So you remember all those heated virtual tennis battles when we were younger? <laughs> oh yeah, that game was was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so so that's on the way. Right now, there's only five games. There's Sonic the Hedgehog, Ultra Beast, Fantasy Star 2, Kid Chameleon, and Comic Zone. Comic Zone is just a classic. So really, I mean, I guess all these games are classics. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, two games that I really, really, really enjoyed when I was younger was Comic Zone and Sonic the Hedgehog, obviously. Uh, Ultra Beast... Um, I don't really remember playing the console version of that as much. I do remember playing the arcade version quite a bit. Yeah, and agreed. other two games I'm not terribly familiar with. I do remember seeing like the box art for Kid Chameleon, but I don't think I've ever played it. And um, I was in an RPGs when we had a Genesis, so obviously I've never played Fantasy Star Two, but I can do it for free now, so I'm definitely gonna check them out. Oh yeah, that's sweet. Not, I don't think I've ever played Comic Zone. Did we have that? We didn't have it. Okay. Um, I, I think I played over a friend's house or something. But ah. Yeah, it's awesome, man. So definitely check it out. Uh, you know, it's free, so you don't really have anything to lose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Except yeah. your mind trying to play it on the tablet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're going to release new games every month. Offline play. Um, Controller support. Wireless Bluetooth controller support. Okay. Leader bo- boards and you'll be able to save your progress. So I say go Sega. Um, again, if they ever release a console, I'll be on it like a hobo on a ham sandwich, as I <laughs> like to say. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And I guess we have more of a mobile strategy in the next story. Uh, Final, <laughs> Final Fantasy 15, a new empire coming to mobile. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, with this, um, I'll admit I haven't downloaded this yet, but it's a mobile strategy game. So if you ever play like, um, Mobile Strike or Game of War, I think are two of the more popular ones. <laughs> um, it's, it's going to be something like that where you build up Clash your of Clans. Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Clash of Clans is probably a oh, wow. How did I not think of that? But yeah. So you join guilds, build up your kingdom, train troops, you know, take on other players, real time battles. Um, and they'll leave me some cameos from some of the, um, some of the, uh, Final Fantasy 15 characters like Noctis and the crew. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, huh. Um, it's, I, like I said, I don't know a whole lot about it. This, this story is pretty new. Um, but I'll definitely download this this next week. And, you know, next time we have a podcast, I'll probably have some impressions on it. But I just thought it's pretty cool. You know, everybody's getting into mobile. So, yeah. So, so I'm looking at this trailer and, I think they're suffering from the same problem. All those Clash of Clans and all those other <laughs> mobile games doing their commercials. Yeah, it's like they it's look nothing, nothing like the real like game. game. <laughs> like, man, this looks cool. Is this a game? Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, um, kind of, uh, kind of like, I guess, uh, piggybacking off of that, uh, they're actually doing like some extra stuff for Final Fantasy 15, um, Episode Prompto is coming out, um, or it came out this week in its, uh, DLC chapter and it's, uh, third person shooter, pretty much, hmm. <laughs> where you play as this character named Prompto who is not a playable character in the actual, you know, main storyline. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of a departure. There's some trailers for that. Um, and there's one more thing too. Oh, didn't they make an update to where you can drive off the road, off rails now or something? 
I'm not really sure. I'm pretty sure I heard that, but I can't confirm. <laughs> yeah, and there's another there's another DLC coming out um around I guess around December uh called Episode Ignis. So um yeah. They're you know they're they're releasing content for it. I'd I'd much rather see them do this than release like Final Fantasy 15 2 and 3 or they released like three what was it? Three different Final Fantasy 13 games, so just keep it on the DLC. That that'll work. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I read that somewhere. I heard it. Yeah, the the update lets you uh, remove the rails that you drive off road. So, yeah. Final I case. really got to get into that <laughs> game some more because I played it a little bit and I just wasn't a fan of the the fighting gameplay, I guess, or the battle gameplay, and kind of wrote it off. But I need to revisit it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, um, I guess moving on. Uh, so are you familiar with Google's Project Fi? Kinda, sorta. Uh, isn't that the, uh, Google M- MVNO thing that they got? Um, uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's basically MVNO. Um, so what it is, is they lease, I, I think the two characters they lease are Sprint and, T-Mobile. Yeah, they multiple and, um, networks, yeah. So yeah, so they basically have Sprint and T-Mobile's coverage areas and pretty much when the when the phone can it connects to Wi-Fi. Ah, so you don't use as much data. Hence the fire. pulls Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um and pretty much the way it works is you get unlimited talking text, I think for like 20 bucks a month and then it's 10 bucks a month for every gig of data you use. So if you sign up for like it's actually pretty cool. So if you sign up for like a three gig data plan, which would be what fifty dollars a month, um, you only get charged for the data you use. So if you you if your plan is a three gig plan and you only use a gig, you get twenty bucks back at the end of the month. So like you, it's not like with like Sprint where you know you whatever you, you don't use, you're just giving it to the cell phone guy or I don't know where where, where <laughs> it goes. <laughs> But, you know, you, you actually only pay for what you actually use. So, um, that's kind of cool. And, um, basically if, if you, if you've wanted to get into this, you've, you, you're going to be spending at least four or $500. Cause I think the Nexus 5X is like, I want to say it's like five, five something. So they're basically the whole point of the story is they're going to be partnering with someone to release a mid tier phone. Ah, like, okay. Like in the, like in the three hundred dollar range, and um, do we know who they'll be partnering with? I don't think they said who it was, but if I was to guess, it'd probably be Alway. That that would be my my guess because they did the Nexus Six P, I believe. Um, but I don't know that for sure. But that would be my guess is one of the many. Chinese phone manufacturers. I mean, the funny thing is, like, there's so many different, like, ch- there's a bunch of different Chinese manufacturers making phones now. And the funny thing is, these phones are being made in the same plants as the Nexus and the Pixel and the iPhone. You know, there's only like, I think like three or four, um, factories in China, such as Foxconn and whatnot, that make all of these phones. Yeah. And pretty much all the electronics, which is hilarious because I hear people sometimes at work and sometimes just like on the street and they're fussing about like how 
uh, Dell computers are better than Lenovo's. And I'm just thinking <laughs> to myself, they're like, they're all made in the same place. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. come on. But yeah, so, um, I think if they get, if they get to around the $200 range with, with the phone for this, I feel like they could really eat into some of the main carriers, um, you know, with the Google brand name, they could really, really eat into some of the big carriers profits. Uh, obviously, you know, T-Mobile and Sprint are going to be okay because they're making money off that on a back yeah. end. But, but yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that they're kind of moving down to the lower tiers. Do we know if, uh, they actually market in every area? Cause I just know I've seen almost zero marketing for Google Fi. I mean, of course, like you just said, we have the other big carriers that they're kind of going up against and slash working with. But, uh, I just see no advertisement for them and I, I wouldn't even know where to go other than going to google.com and searching <laughs> to, to even get a, a, a Google Fi phone. They just don't kind of, I guess it's kind of a tech nerd thing so far. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think you're not too far off there because, um, I know, I don't know if it's still the case, but I know at least about a year and a half ago, the only way you could even sign up for Google Fi is if you had, you got an invite from somebody. <sighs> so like, you know, I don't think it's ready to, you know, maybe it's not ready to hit the mainstream or the other thing could be that this is me putting my tin full hat on. It could be that the, they have an agreement with the other, the carriers that they're using that they can't like uh, plaster ads yeah. all. And it would make sense because I mean, honestly, if they were airing commercials for this as reasonable as it is and the fact that they use T-Mobile and Sprint's towers, like they would, they yeah. would, I feel like they would destroy T-Mobile and Sprint. You know, nobody would sign up for their other plans. Yeah, <laughs> it stands the reason. And like, I mean, another thing that kind of uh, discourages me from even considering a thing like this is, excuse me, Google has been known to um, shy away from some projects that they kind of seem very optimistic about in the in the beginnings, and you think it's going to take over the world. And, you know, uh, it happens a lot, actually, more than you would think. Uh, they, they, they are, will kill a project if it's not working. And, you know, I, I like to see this succeed, but I just don't know. I don't know if I can get on board with it. Yeah. I think it's going to have to be a more of a wait and see because, I mean, even with probably their highest profile, like pet side project, whatever you want to call it, Google Fiber, they're not installing fiber in any more fiber hoods. They've kind of stopped. Yeah. Because they're going to like, I guess they're going to like the point to point wireless type thing to save money. Yeah. And I, I've even heard rumors that they might even be selling off the fiber division. So, I mean, it, I, you are not, um, unjustified in your opinion. It <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Then they sold, just sold their robotics company that we thought was going to do so great. So yeah, I don't know. They'll cut their losses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So man, I have to ask you, how do you feel about bots? I mean, I don't know if we've ever had a bot discussion. Do you, how do you feel about things popping up in your chat asking you, uh, how was your day? Ex answering what a question, excuse me, answering questions about whether, uh, maybe buying something for you on Amazon. I think there's a Domino's <laughs> bots. Bots and AI are kind of taking over the, yeah. the, the, the chat based uh, realm. And, uh, and this story that we have here. Is showing where we're going to have AI, and I guess they're beta testing it now. AI actually delete bad comments slash spam <laughs> from your Instagram feeds. Oh man, 
the only uh, scenario where I have a problem with bots is if I'm on the phone and I'm trying to get a person and it's like, <laughs> press one to do blah, 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 press three. And you know, like you naturally yeah. just press zero because zero is normally the button. And then it's sometimes not zero and you have to wait and hear all the oh, options. And it's God. like seven or something it's random. Or you have the ones where there is no option and you just jam zero. And then after a while, they're just like, goodbye. And they hang up. <laughs> But as far as like chatbots, man, like I've, I've liked chatbots for a long time. I mean, I was a big IRC person when I was in college and believe it or not, even 10 years ago, well, 15, 13, 14, 15 years ago, the chatbots, I mean, as far as like picking up offensive language and people like spamming like the same thing and, you know, just talking about things that that weren't allowed in the um chat room they were very effective at kicking people so i have to imagine now you know thinking about how far like voice recognition has advanced just as kind of like a barometer i guess like i i, ha- I have total faith in something like this and it just yeah. makes me wonder why they're just now doing it i mean it seems like a natural progression yeah i mean and it goes from just recognizing a word to uh, recognizing a group of words, you know, you probably could be very offensive to somebody and never use a cuss word or uh, a defamatory word. It's kind of how you say it in the context you're using it in. So I don't know how well this will work, but I will say this. I still get like Instagram uh, request spam and oh, it doesn't too, get blocked. Man. I'm like, I don't want to get a friend request and go look at this a naked picture on my Instagram. <laughs> that, that's just, this is Facebook. It shouldn't be happening at all. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I fixed that first and then let's worry about the AI in the comments. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There's so much spam on Instagram. Like I get way more spam from Instagram than, than Facebook. Yeah. I do too, man. It's weird. So are you, um, are you caught up on Silicon Valley? Uh, no, man. I haven't seen oh. any episodes this season, man. I haven't seen nothing. I know. Oh, well, there, I won't, I won't spoil anything. I'll just say not a hot dog. And when you see it, you, <laughs> I, I haven't <laughs> seen an episode, but I've heard that phrase already on another show. Uh, didn't he like make an app or something uh, like about a hot dog or something? I don't know. I don't, I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. It, you'll have to watch. I don't want to spoil it, dude. It's so funny, but hmm. yeah, not hot dog. <laughs> Hey guys, like the Techpedition podcast? Then you should also check out our friends over at DiceJunkies.com. A YouTube channel and a podcast, Dice Junkies brings you gaming and geek news, discussions, reviews, and a whole lot more. Check them out over at DiceJunkies.com. Tell them Techpedition sent you. Moving right along down our news feed. Uh, so last year, um, the Galaxy Note 7 came out and it was a very explosive debut. Oh, <laughs> two on the nose there, sir. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, um, there was like a lot of notes on the plane. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of speculation as to whether or not Samsung would actually continue the Note line because they got so much bad PR from phones exploding in people's uh, crotches and on planes and whatnot. So yeah, 
it looks like they are still going to continue on. And I have to say, man, this Note 8 looks pretty nice. Oh, yeah. Looks like it's taking a lot of uh, hints from the, uh, the, the Galaxy 8 that just came out. Slim bezels, man. Slim bezels are what's in. And it's funny because I have a LG G6 and it has pretty slim bezel, but compared to like, when you compare one of these phones, like the S8 or the G6, and there's like, I think there's a, um, Xiaomi phone that has a really, really small bezel. Yeah. And you like set one of those beside an iPhone, like the iPhone just looks like it's 10 years old. Like it looks ancient. Yeah. They're so, ultra long, longer screens, tall, a little bit taller phone, but it, it basically fits in the same footprint of an, an iPhone 6 plus or 7 plus, And it has a vastly larger screen. It was so funny because I was talking to one of my coworkers who was like an iPhone aficionado or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and so I was talking about like how big the screen on my phone is. And he looked at the size of my phone. He was like, dude, my phone screen is bigger than yours. And I was like, <laughs> no, it's not. So he put his iPhone seven up to seven uh... plus <laughs> and I put, and I put my phone up and it's like, yeah, your phone's bigger than mine. My screen is bigger. So which you phone know? do you have? You have, I have a LG G6. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And it's like, yeah, it's a very, very good, it's a good looking phone, man. It doesn't have the new Snapdragon chipset that the S8 has, but I mean, it's still a very, very nice phone. I really like it. But, yeah. um, yeah, funny thing about the Note 7, I think they're actually re-releasing it as a special edition with oh, like a are. smaller battery, which the kaboom is just edition. Very, the what? <laughs> the, the, the kaboom edition. <laughs> Oh boy. But yeah, it's, it's just kind of surprising that they would still release that same product after all the debacle they had with the, you know, with the last, with that, with that same iteration. Uh, just to, I guess they changed out the battery and made some alterations. But yeah, yeah. So what, what news do we have about this new and upcoming slick, slicker Galaxy 8 Note 8? Well, I mean, I guess the main news is that they're actually releasing it. Yeah. I, I like what I like. I was for the longest. I didn't even think they would continue the note line because, because of all the bad PR, but yeah, it's coming. And, um, it looks like, okay, Forbes, stop playing videos. My gosh. Um, it looks like <laughs> a 6.3 inch screen. Yeah. 6.3 inches. Um, and I mean, the renders look very, very nice. Uh, I don't really have, uh, much to say other than I, <laughs> yeah. I don't like the, the Galaxy fingerprint re- reader. Yeah. It, it's just not in a good place. Whereas the, you know, like the Pixel and the G6, they have it like where your finger would naturally rest. Yeah. This one's like up by the camera or something. It's just in a really, really weird place. Yeah. I think in the effort to try to differentiate themselves, they may have just put it in a bad spot it's not good yeah hopefully they fix that (laughs) but yeah so yeah the eight's coming i guess that's really there wasn't really any you know super super news there just really excited about it i guess even though i'm not gonna buy it i just i'm just glad they they didn't cave to negative pr yeah so tell me i want you to think in that anime slash uh comic book mind of yours movie mind and tell me can you think of a good case of a retcon that just weirded you out or didn't make any sense at the time to you um <laughs> whether it's in video games or something that kind of went in the past to just changed to make it convenient for the future 
Oh, yeah, there's plenty of retcons in DBZ. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, but, it, yes. I'm sorry, continue. Oh, is it, in any case, I'm sure there are examples out there. I couldn't think of one either. That's why I tried to put it on you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so do you remember Iron Man 2? You remember that movie? With all yeah. the, 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 um, the suits flying around and stuff and, uh, and, and, and uh, Iron Man and, and, um, War Machine kind of taking everybody out there. Um, yeah. So there's a scene in that movie where there's this little boy with the Iron Man mask on and he has his hand up like he's going to destroy one of those enemy robots. Of course he's not. He's just a boy with his kid stuff on and Iron Man comes and saves the kid and destroys the, the, the killer robot. But they have basically went back and said that that was Spider-Man. And Are you serious? I just have a huge problem with that. Is that the only way we can tie him into the MCU? Is to go back and say that is Peter Parker in that mask? That's just like totally unnecessary. It like really, that makes that makes no sense. It, it doesn't add it doesn't add anything to Spider Man Homecoming at all. It, it's, it's just like dumb. It's dumb, that's what it is. And they I should mean, be ashamed of themselves. I figured the whole uh civil civil war um tie in was enough, or at least it was enough for me. I mean yeah. Yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because I thought so it was. So it's going to be like Tony Stark has just been watching over him this whole time or something like. Ah, uh, you know what? They might, they, I hope they don't, but they might try to say that in the movie. I, I haven't heard, I haven't heard about a spider yet. Like, I don't understand yeah. why they would do that. It makes no sense. Yeah. I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything like that, but I just hope they don't. <laughs> I just hope they don't. I don't know. And maybe they haven't told the full story because everybody hasn't seen the movie yet. The movie isn't out. So if they do, the, if they do that, I'm not going to like it at all. But the movie's getting great buzz. So let's just keep our fingers crossed. So what is it going to start with that scene? Is that where I'm <laughs> It better not. I'm going to walk out the theater. I'm so excited for this movie though, cause the trailer where he's talking to him in the limo and then he like reaches over and then he hugs him. He's like, dude, I'm just trying to open the door. Like it was so yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, a good thing is I've, I've seen one YouTube review of the movie, a non-spoiler review. <sighs> Excuse me. And the guy basically said that the parts where he's not Spider-Man, he's just Peter Parker, just as good or better than when he's actually Spider-Man. So I'm looking really forward to that. And that's that thing that kind of, um, the, the, uh, Disney slash Marvel movies have gotten right is that, you know, you can make a movie that's a, a bit of coming of age of Spider-Man, but it doesn't have to be an origin story. You can kind of tell about yeah. his normal life and it can be that could be a good movie unto itself. And oh, he's a superhero. So, yeah. so I'm really looking forward to that. I just love how Marvel always has the whole superhero thing as like the backdrop to an actual movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like some of these people, just some of these directors, producers, whatever, whoever's fun in all these DC movies, they just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. It, it, for, first and foremost, it has to be a movie, you know? So. <laughs> Yeah, make a good movie, guys. And so, uh, to piggyback in on Disney, 
uh and the whole uh Lucas Films things um and the 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 a Star Wars storyline that they have going um so they're shooting the Han Solo movie right now and to much dismay there has been trouble on the set <laughs> so basically the directors that were helming the project got fired or left i'm not sure which exactly uh the the former directors were uh, Paul Lord and Christopher Miller, the guys who did the Lego movie, 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street. And I think it was just disagreements um, with the heads of Disney that kind of ultimately led to them leaving. But they've got Ron Howard to come in and do the rest of the film. So and they've just, they just recently got started shooting. So it's not like they've been going for a year and they just changed this. Uh, the the, the directors. Uh, it's pre- pretty early on, and I think Ron Howard would be a good choice just to make a good movie. And you know, it's set in the Star Wars universe. So I'm hoping it's okay. good. Two things. First thing, I had like I've heard so many different things. Like like you said, they left. They got fired. And the other thing I heard was that they put the sizzle reel together for Marvel like a couple weeks ago and they loved it or not Marvel. I'm sorry, Disney. And they loved it. But I think they either had a problem with the lack of direction for the guy who's playing Han Solo. I can't remember his name, but they were saying that he wasn't either. He wasn't that Enric in Enric (laughs) Alden Alden E. Yeah, all they need. So they had a problem either with his acting and the re- they didn't feel like the directors were coaching him enough or oh. they felt like they felt like he wasn't um portraying the Disney Marvel Han Solo, you know. They felt like he was or I guess the Lucasfilm what Lucasfilm thought Han Solo should be, he wasn't actually that's you know, going in that direction. Like that's the other thing I heard. So I it, it'll be interesting. I'm sure it'll all come out eventually. Mm. And the other thing was, I had no idea Khaleesi was in this movie. What? I, She's in that movie? <laughs> yeah, it said unspecified roles for Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark and Westworld's Thandie Newton. So that's- Oh, I love that, her too. I, I, wow. I had no, I had no idea they were in this movie, so that's interesting. I'm assuming that Amelia Clark's gonna be like a love interest or something. Wow. Just assuming, but- Well, Lando yeah. is a player, dog. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm really excited to see Donald Glover. I'm more excited to see him in this than anything, really. Yeah, it's so funny. I want to actually see the guy that's playing uh, Alder and Edric uh, actually in the Han Solo get up. Maybe there's yeah. a picture floating out there. But to me, when I first saw him, I'm like, man, this dude's, dude looks nothing like Harrison Ford. <laughs> and um, I don't know. He might do a good job, but man, it sucks if they don't think they were coaching coaching his yeah. acting correctly that's that's man that's hard that's hard yeah he looks like a russian mobster he does not look <laughs> like Han Solo at all <laughs> and, it, and, and the other thing that's going to be so weird about this is that we've seen han solo young ish so yeah like that's well, other thing that's going to be weird about this movie is well i guess they're trying to say that he was in his um early to mid thirties during the events of uh the original uh New Hope. Well I can see that. Yeah, so I'm guessing this dude is playing in younger, late mid mid twenties maybe? Early to mid twenties, possibly? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. It'll all come out in the wash. <laughs> oh man. K two. 
Anyway, um, what do we got here? Speaking of cinematic universes. Yeah, yeah we got some James Bond news. So Okay, so no nah, well before you go into the story, I was gonna ask ask, isn't James Bond already a cinematic universe? What 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 is this? <laughs> okay, so Excuse me. <clears throat> the James Bond franchise is about 60 years old, somewhere in there. Yeah. And um, the Broccoli family produces the James Bond films, and they have the universe fever, quote unquote. So um, they're like bouncing around the ideas about, you know, like exploring all the corners of the Bond oh. franchise. So you have, you know, you have just, just, I mean, this is just an example. So like in GoldenEye, probably my favorite, still my favorite Bond movie. And I'm sure that has nothing to do with the awesome game that came with it. <laughs> no. uh, you have 006, which is played by Sean Bean, you know, yeah. you have MI6, you have M, the Judy Dench M, which is now being played by Ralph Fiends, I guess is how you say his name. Yeah. He was Voldemort, he was Voldemort in Harry Potter. So yeah, um, and you have like all these different characters like Money Penny. And I mean, you have, uh, what is a Spectre? Like, like there, and you have like all the classic, uh, villains like Jaws and, um, what was another one? Aja. Like there's all these different characters, you know, and I'm sure I'm only like scratching the surface, but you know, there's like all these different things that they can explore and, you know, and I, f- I feel like they're probably, you know, bouncing around ideas about how they can just make, you know, their, uh, 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 how am I trying to put this? You know, yeah, like a, like a cinematic universe and not just have like James Bond movies, but you know, yeah. maybe have a, have an origin story for like, um, I don't know, some of the villains or, yeah, I don't really know how they're going to do this. Yeah. But well, every, Everybody's trying to do the villain or the not so popular character spinoff movies. Uh, you know, it's funny that, that this story comes about, up about the Bond franchise. I think that maybe the Bourne franchise. Yes. Unintentionally did this very same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause we had the movie with, um, Hawkeye. Yeah. The Hawkeye movie. <laughs> I forgot the guy's real name. Excuse me. And, uh, and then we had another movie after that when it came back to, uh, Matt Damon. So I think, I don't know if I'm okay with this being forced into the Bond universe. Like if it was the case where, um, Daniel Craig said, I want to take five years off and then said, okay, we have time now to make this side story. That could go along with maybe even an upcoming movie, a short different perspective or of a movie that has already come out. And then we can uh, flush out the story a little bit more. So when you come back, we'll be ready for you. But that to me, that makes a little more sense than than to say in this universe to say that we're going to start spinning off things on the side. And then I don't know, maybe they can find a story that's good enough to do it. But I think it all comes down to if that story it's going to be a good one and don't just tell the tale just to be telling it, you know? Yeah. And my thing is about this is that I'm not so uh, crazy about the idea of a Bond universe as I am about them casting Idris Elba as the next Bond. He's, he's, getting, up, <laughs> he's getting up there in age, but yeah. do you know how cool that would be if he actually would? He's cool enough to be Bond, man. I'm yeah. Like, 
He he's is. Just, only reason I could see them logically not doing it is just because he's older now. But I think it would be cool. Yeah, and uh, rest in peace, Roger Moore. Didn't he just die like the, within the last month? Yeah, yeah, he did pass yeah. away recently. Yeah. So, yeah. Rest in peace. All right. So, yeah, I don't really know where to go with that, but I just thought it was interesting that they were, you know, tossing the idea around and creating a universe. I have no idea, really, how that would even work. (laughs) But, yeah. Uh, All right. (laughs) So, moving along to other uh, movie news. So, I, I... this is a really cool story. So like, I don't know. Um, like I, I, I really like playing like Japanese games and games set in like, like feudal Japan, you know, in like the Meiji and Tokugawa periods. Uh, and what are the things in some of the games they always throw in, you know, sometimes. So like there's this video game franchise called Way of the Samurai. It's kind of the first, I think the first time I ever saw it. And they had like this, black guy walking around in feudal Japan with an afro, you know, with his sword and this, you know, he's like, like I came here from blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's, it's like, that's really cool. Even though it's not, you know, historically accurate and yeah, the whole Afro samurai thing, which was cool, but again, not so historically accurate or was it? Um, So basically, um, there was a black samurai, like it's historically verified. His name was, well, his name was Yasuke and he is pretty much the first, I guess, I guess the first or the first, uh, in recorded history black samurai. He served under Oda Nobunaga, who was, who basically unified Japan. If you're not familiar with the story, kind of kicked off the whole, like he, like, is he was from the period like just before the Tokugawa period. He pretty much united, unified all the different, I don't want to say states. I guess states is the right word. The different states of Japan into one country. But anyway, that's another story. But yeah, so he came from, I'm going to try to see if I can get this right. <sighs> so he, he, he was a, he was, he, be, all right, here we go. He was a slave soldier after the fall of the Abyssinian Bengal, a black kingdom run by Ethiopians. He was sold into slavery and found himself in the care of Alessandro Valignano, an Italian <laughs> miss, missionary. So they became really close. And th- when there were issues with missionaries in Rome, um, they were sent to Japan. And he took Yasuke with him. He met Oda Nobunaga. And it's funny because when they first saw this, this was the first black person they ever saw. They thought his skin was dirty and they tried to scrub his skin. What? <laughs> Where have I heard this story before? It seemed like I've heard that. Jeez. But yeah, like they were, um, fascinated by his physical, um, I guess his physical strength or his physical abilities. And, um, <laughs> he, he embraced the way of the samurai and eventually became a samurai. Huh. Which, as crazy as that sounds, um, but yeah, they're gonna, like, the reason I mention that is because the creator of Hi- Highlander, um, he is scripting a movie called Black Samurai about Yasuke. And, um, this story is not, like, new, but it's something that I'd never read about or heard about. Yeah. And, um, I think that's really, really cool. You know, we're getting all these, these black hero movies now, you oh, know, with yeah. Black Panther coming out. Have we even talked about Black Panther? Uh, did we talk? I don't think we have. But yeah, so we got all these movies coming out, and then I read about this, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It's supposed to come out, like, within the next year or two. Oh, wow. 
they're partnered with the, this production company that's actually making a movie version of the video game franchise Metro 2033. Oh, cool. Cool. So, um, very yeah, stylistic. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So, I guess. so is this just like the opposite of the, the, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll have a black savior now, which is the opposite of the white savior, uh, Tom Cruise and, uh, Last the Last Samurai. <laughs> So yeah, like yeah, unlike that movie, this one's actually like going to be at least based in actual history. So that part will be better, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, the ghost dog, is the only samurai <laughs> in my eyes. The only black samurai. I love that movie. <laughs> Forrest but Whitaker, yeah, man. man. <laughs> anyway, I just think it's like I used to always like like this is gonna sound crazy, but like I used to always like fantasize about stuff like this about. You know, being a black person running around in feudal Japan with a sword and you, you are, know, you are a Kenshin a, fan, becoming a samurai and just stuff like this. I never thought that there was any basis in history for that fantasy, but it was really cool reading this story and like knowing that it like actually happened, you know? So like that, I think that's, I, I don't know, like this, this story brought me so much joy. I don't even know how to describe it, but yeah, really cool. So man, uh, get into this next story. The only record I can remember ever owning is this Spider-Man comic record that I actually got from what's the place that was in Monticello, the flea marketplace. What was it called? Uh, I know what you're talking about, yeah. but I, can, I cannot remember what it was called. Yeah. So, so I got my only one and only record from that place that I ever actually bought slash owned and I don't have it anymore, but. Uh, records are pretty much dead, aren't they? Um, oh, to the contrary, I believe. I believe LPs are out selling CDs now. Um, I, I should probably do some research on this, but talking out of my behind, I believe that records are actually out selling CDs now. Um, because CDs aren't selling anymore, and you have this whole hipster, um, movement, I guess. Yeah. Oh, shout out Whole Foods. And like a lot of people are like, <laughs> a lot of people feel like, um, records just have so much more personality and warmth than CDs ever did. And, um, yeah. So a lot of, a lot of people are buying records now. <laughs> and I believe that's probably what is kind of spurring its own. Jack White from the White Stripes, he, um, has a record label. Third Man Records, and they, I think they pretty much only release stuff on uh, vinyl. So um, he just opened this huge record plant somewhere, or he bought one. Uh, I should probably done some more research on this, but anyway, yeah, vinyl's back, man. It's selling. Um, I actually have a couple records myself. Um, yeah, Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Clant. Sergeant Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band, the Beatles album. I have uh John Mayall and the Blues, Bre Blues Breakers featuring Eric Clapton. I have the Blind Faith album, which is Eric Clapton's side project after after he broke up with Cream. I have quite a few records, but anyway, do you yeah, have a so, record player? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like um they've started creating records for the first time since 1989. Um, production is taking place in Japan and, you know, so yeah, there's just increased consumer interest for records now. And, you know, not just old records, like people are buying new stuff. Wow. You know? And it, yeah, no, it's, it's so funny, man. Cause, um, in 2017, 
we they're making records and record players, whereas you know video uh, tapes are pretty much dead. You know VCRs, they're gone. They're not even making. You know people still have VCRs, still have uh, tapes, but they're not even making uh, VCRs anymore. They stopped it like last year. The last plant closed down. So. The fact that records are still alive and kicking in 2017, I think is really cool. And like you said, very, very hipster. Yeah, but I I just thought that was really cool that, you know, we're getting records. And like you said, in 2017, uh, there's not really a whole lot to this story, but it looks like vinyl record sales will exceed a billion dollars by the end of this year. (laughs) So people are definitely buying them. Yeah. Yeah. And on another note, um, I guess we kind of briefly talked about the mining craze last week, the last time we had a podcast, but, but yeah, man, uh, uh, these, these mining cars are getting swapped up left and right and the prices aren't, are kind of in a state of flux right now, aren't they? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we kind of talked about this. So right now the hottest mining cards are the AMD. RX 570, 470, 580, 480 cards. The 580s are the new um, versions, but they're essentially just rebrands. I mean, it's the same card. But anyway, um, you can't find them anywhere. The MSRP for the RX 470 and 570, or I guess I'll just say 570, is like 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. But if you go on eBay or Craigslist, really, now everybody's kind of picked up on a trend. Um, you would be hard pressed to find one selling under three hundred dollars. Most of them are selling for like three fifty. The five eighties are going for like the eight gig version is going for like four hundred bucks now. Wow! And wow. um, there's a couple angles to this. Okay, so the first angle is AMD's. Uh, they're not making any of this extra money. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so like they what they've been doing is they've been gradually raising their wholesale prices. And, um, they're also coming out with these mining only cards. So basically there's no video output Jeez, on this card at all. It's crazy. I'm looking nope. at the picture. So yeah, so you just plug it in and turn away. Um, what? for me, per- for me personally, like I, I don't see the appeal of mining only cards. I mean, the only thing, only, there's a couple, like I said, there's a couple angles of this. One is, what they could be doing is, they could be taking cards that, you know, maybe have, um, oh, what is it? The, the video controller or whatever of the card may, may not be good through, you know, you know, yeah, they make all the cards and they test, they, yeah, they buy all the cards, they make all the cards and they test them before they ship them out. And they may have cards where like, okay, the video controller shot on this. You know, the actual GPU still works, but, you know, it won't display video or something's wrong with it. So instead of just chunking it in the trash, yeah, let's, let's cut off, cut off all the video connectors and, you know, we can still sell it and make money, which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, or, or, um, it, or it could even be a case where they just, I could definitely see them, uh, maybe cutting you no know, 20, to fifty dollars or whatever out of production by not having to put the vi- a video controller and uh inputs on the end of the card, so maybe well, in that aspect it can save them a lot of money in production to have these. Yeah, I see what you're saying there, and you're absolutely right because these cards are not any cheaper than the regular ones. They're the same <laughs> prices, and in some cases they're even a little more expensive. 
So they're making more profit off of these because they're not, you know, it's just the GPU. There's no, um, yeah, there's no kind of video outputs or anything on it. So yeah, like you said, um, they're saving money by not throwing a video controller on there. And like I said, they're still charging the same price for it. So yeah. And maybe uh, even if you think about, I don't know if they, you have to pay license fees to HDMI consortium or anything when you put, cars out with those inputs on it i'm, I'm not sure that's just oh, me no guessing. doubt i have no doubt that they have to yeah you have to license all that stuff yeah. so you're yeah additional and savings a, on their end and there's another angle to this so the mining only cards are the rx 470 so these are the previous model not the 570 <laughs> no, the newest one so this is the previous model card Mining only, so you know they probably got a bunch of these 470 chips. They're discontinued. They're sitting in a factory, a warehouse somewhere, and they're like, you know, let's make some money off of these bad boys. And the the other interesting thing about this is that the AMD cards still have the RX 470 name in it, you know, but the NVIDIA cards that are being made, they they have GeForce nowhere in the name. It's just. <laughs> The actual name of the card is mining dash P one oh six dash six G. So that's P one oh six is the actual video processor, like the actual, I guess, technical name. You know how they have like the model name and then they have like GeForce ten sixty yeah. or whatever. So P one oh six is a chipset and six G is the amount of memory that's on it. Um so at least NVIDIA is taking like they're being re- really careful so people don't think this is an actual like uh yeah. A regular GPU that, you know, even though it has mining in the name, they're, they're taking great care to differentiate these cards. And I mean, the only reason I can see, well, the only, well, I guess this is just another angle. So let's say they sell a boatload of these cards and then the mining craze just dies. Yeah. If it- they didn't, if they didn't have these cards, what would happen would what would happen is that their GPUs the value would just tank on them. Yeah. But if these mining cards catch off, catch on, you know, and the GPU in the GPU mining craze dies, then you know they just kill off the mining cards, and then their video, you know, they still yeah, have their other GPU. the business a little bit. Yeah. Maybe you can run it through the books a little differently. You know, this and is a new a business of- over here. <laughs> Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense, but like I said, me personally, I don't think I would buy one of these cards because, you know, if the mining craze dies, my one my one solace is that I've, you know, I've pretty much made back what I invested in the cards, and if the mining craze dies, I can still sell the card as a video card. But this mining card, what you know, if the craze dies, it's just a paperweight, you know? Yeah, like what? there's there's not really much else you can do with it. I know with the NVIDIA cards, you could probably use it as a physics processor yeah. or something. But could you still yeah. possibly even put this in SLI mode? Yeah, you could probably still use it in SLI. Um, now, now, let me, let me, let me qualify that. I know with, uh, the AMD cards, you'll still be able to use it in Crossfire because, um, AMD Crossfire, at least new AMD Crossfire, actually, the connection's actually made through the PCI Express bus. Oh, I know, that's awesome. I know that with the NVIDIA cars, there's still a, um, a SLI bridge. Okay. So I don't know if that's even included on, you know, the connector, the bridge connector is included on the, the, let me see here. There's one right here. Well, yeah, I, I can't, I don't really, 
don't really think the SL outbridge is still included. So if it is, yeah, you could possibly do it, but it doesn't look like it still has a bridge on it. I don't know. So, I mean, can you think of any other use for these things <laughs> other than uh, um, cryptocurrency so- mining? So if you were going to put together like a, a compute rig, you know, and you needed a bunch of cards for like rendering or something, like I, I guess you could use it for that too. Okay. Um, but my, my thing is, is that, like I said, they aren't any cheaper. They're the same <laughs> price. Yeah. So it, to me, it makes no sense to buy. I would much rather buy the other card, but hopefully these will help with like this huge gpu shortage that's going on right now and the prices are raised and people are running out of 570s and 580s so they're starting to buy the geforce cards um to mine uh instead of mining um ethereum uh you'll mine uh the Equihash, which is zcash zencash there's like three different ones that you can mine that mine's better on the nvidia cards so i mean i don't know i I, I get it, but I just don't think it's something for me. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I can even see them using this as an ex- excuse to drive up their normal car prices. Say we have the same card and this, uh, mining only card. Maybe they raise the price of the gaming version of that a little bit just to differentiate itself and, um, you know, to make a little more money on those now that they have these. I don't, I don't know. I, I think it could, they could spend it that way at some point. Just sort yeah. of, sort of like how Apple does. There's always different tiers and maybe this would, this needs to, this obviously needs to be at the bottom of the tier and it doesn't need to be the same price as what you're paying for the normal video card. I don't think, even though it's basically the same hardware. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, don't know. It, it's yeah. I, I get it. They're trying to capitalize on the craze, but it's just, I just don't know how interested people are going to be in these i guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks so oh yeah yeah well if, when it's all that you can find <laughs> uh, they that might true they might get swapped up yeah so um i guess that's our last story but one of the other things i kind of wanted to talk about it just kind of popped into me when we were talking about video cards so i don't know how close you keep up with with video card releases but the vega is like amd's newest technology their newest video card line it's supposed to be coming out the the consumer uh gaming version is supposed to come out over the next month or two Mm -hmm. but um so (laughs) all right so um geforce nvidia when they released the 1060, 1080s, whatever. So the 1080 was, and the 1070 are like their, their top tier cards for consumers. And basically they released a founder's edition of the 1080. And it was slightly more expensive, um, reference version. And, um, so, so founder's edition, FE. Uh-huh. Right. So this past week, AMD released the AMD Radeon Vega Frontier Edition. Huh. FE. And they kind of marketed this as intended for professional markets, not gaming, but it's the exact same GPU chip that's going to be on the consumer versions. They're saying it possibly may not be optimized, uh, but, huh. but it's a, it's a thousand dollars. Basically it's, it's a grand. And I don't know about you, but if I spend that much on a GPU, it better knock the socks off of anything that's cheaper than that. 
Yeah. And I watched for about two or three hours this afternoon while I was doing other things. Uh, Ryan Stroud from PCPair.com, he pretty much ran through all the benchmarks with this new Radeon card and it was a bit underwhelming to say the least. So the GTX, the GTX 1080, the Nvidia product, it's 500 bucks. This $1,000 card was not better than the $500 card. Why? And it was slightly more powerful than the $400 1070. Now, hmm. now, now, like I said, this is fresh off the presses and we don't know why. Now, like Ryan was running older games, so like the drivers should have been optimized well, well, for the older games, well, but. I, I guess my question is, why would AMD release this at that price point, knowing that it's not on par? Is it that they're, they're trying to play us a little bit with the FE moniker? Well, they they did the FE intentionally because that's what NVIDIA uses for like their first reference card. But my thing is, they the way they marketed, I think they knew that it wasn't up to snuff on GPUs because like they plastered. This is not for Mark. This is not for, this is not for the regular PC gamer. This is intended for professional market, mark, you know, for See, professional markets. But what and, does that mean? <laughs> but, but, but what, you know, it's for like compute and like other stuff. Like that's what they're saying the card is for. Okay. But the driver, it comes with a video gaming driver. Yeah. So my, th- my thing is this, you can't release a card named Radeon with a gaming mode and expect people to not benchmark it like that i I feel like whoever thought that was a good idea needs to be fired because the performance is not there so far anyway um another thing is they released they they were benchmarking the air cool version of this oh oh yeah so this is the other thing so the air cool version of this card is like a thousand dollars the water cooled version being the only difference being that they put a water cooler on it. <laughs> Guess how much it costs? Oh, man, it better not be more than a hundred dollars on top of that. Fourteen ninety nine, five hundred dollars more for a freaking water cooler. <sighs> so yeah, man, it's disappointing. Um, yeah, like I'm. I mean, I was really pumped for Vega, and you know, I'm. I'm. I'm kind of holding out hope that. You know, they either, either two things need to happen with the, the consumer gr- grade gaming cards. Either they need to tweak the performance or they need to lower the price by a lot. <laughs> yeah. So like, like it, like honestly, like at three, four hundred dollars, like this is a great buy. But if it's the same price, actually, yeah, three, but if it's five hundred dollars or more, there's no way anybody's going to buy this card because the GTX 1080. Is four ninety nine, and it stumps. It stumps all over this card. Like this card was getting fourteen forty p. It was getting like forty five frames a second on Grand Theft Auto Five. I have the same card, and it was getting like my card gets like eighty frames a second in fourteen forty p. You know, and it's like half the price. You know, so yeah. Maybe. Hopefully, you know, we'll see how things play out, but it's not looking good. <laughs> yeah, maybe they have something something else in mind we're not we don't know about, but that's 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 rather disappointing. Yeah. I just thought I'd throw that in. You know, and again, this is all fresh, you know. Maybe next week AMD comes out with an optimized driver or something. Yeah, Who knows? Who be. knows? But right now it's just not looking very good. Yeah. 
sorry to talk your head off with no, GPU no. nonsense. <laughs> cool stuff, man. Yeah, I, I really want to do like a, a mining episode, but I just I got to get all my ducks in a row because I kind of want to introduce mining, you know, talk about the different cryptocurrencies, you know, maybe even talk about Bitcoin for a while, because a lot of people don't even know what Bitcoin is. So, yeah. you know, like look for that in the next couple weeks. I'll try to get that together. Awesome sauce, man. Yeah, well, I guess that brings our show to an end. Um Hey guys, you can, you can, you can follow us on all the various platforms, the social medias as were, uh, at TechPedition on Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, yeah, if you have an email for us and at the fans at techpedition.com. And of course, go to techpedition.com to, uh, keep up on the, on, on the ongoings of the, the podcast and whatever articles we post. Send us questions, please. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later, I guess. Um, do you have any plugs, anything you're doing uh, Outs- no. outside of the Tech Petition verse? Oh, uh, yeah, well, if you're in, I say this every time, but if you're into Doctor Who, uh, I have another podcast called Discussing Who, where we're covering all of this season's Doctor Who episodes. So it's coming to the end. So check us out if you want to catch up and get kind of tidbits and insight on all the episodes. And, yeah, that's all I got, man. What about yourself? Ah, nah, same old, same old. Just look out for that mining episode. And, um, I don't know if this is even going to happen, but I really want to do like a play by play episode recap thing for Game of Thrones, but we'll see if that pans out. I really want to do that, but we'll see, see if it happens. Yeah. Let's just do it, man. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Have a good uh, week in day, night, whenever you listen to this. <laughs> Live long and prosper. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. I can't, I can't beat that. I just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.